As superhero movies are becoming mainstream entertainment at theaters around the world, comic fans also have plenty of heroic action on the small screen to keep them sated while waiting for the next blockbuster. We are in a golden age of superhero television shows, with plenty of offerings from both the Marvel and DC universes, and the trend shows no sign of slowing down. To chronicle these recent shows and even examine some of the classics, we are proud to present Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. In every podcast, we'll be doing recaps of individual episodes of one Marvel show and one DC show until we catch up to them or some supervillains shut us all down. My name is Scott McGregor, and I'm the fastest podcaster alive. That's what she said. And I'm Chris Tyler, one of your agents of cool. To bring you this podcast, we each have to become someone else. We each have to become something else. Two, two, three. Was the time of the preacher when the story began of the choice of a lady and the love of a man? How he loved her so dearly. He went out of his mind When she left him for someone She left behind Then if God's plan, if his reason, if his judgment Is to send one more sinner, one more lost soul into the fire What can I do? Except stand aside and watch him burn Greetings again for another, uh episode of Weekly Heroics, um, still in our Preacher special, so it's still, it's like 0. 0.4 or some weird-ass numbering <laughs> system that I came up with in a haze, uh, but who cares, right? <laughs> yeah. Joined tonight with, uh, as my, with my usual co-host, uh, Hair Metal Hero, Chris Tyler, and we're talking about episode 7. How you been, sir? I'm doing good. I'm just glad that I did not have any vanilla extract hash browns. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, I'd never put it on the actual baking pan, you know. No. It's flammable. You know, tulip. tulip needs a Betty Crocker uh, cookbook, apparently. We'll get into that. Just uh, to give a plug to a fellow podcaster, you got to meet uh, another freak today. So, so you got to meet Yeah, I got to, I got to hang out with one of my uh, cohorts from the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror. I got to meet uh, Jay, Jack, and Eddie, who is visiting Boston this weekend. Very cool, very cool. Uh, also uh, doing the uh, kind of solo podcast of, uh, what is it, Bugs, Bots, and Babes. Bugs, Bots, and Babes. Yeah, B-movies. Which you should definitely download, yes. along with The Vault. Yeah. Also at TwoTrueFreaks.com. Lots of stuff going on. And, Lots uh, of stuff. We got stuff going on. Yep, and we got preacher stuff going on. I, I have to put it out there right in the beginning here. I am. I, I have reread the entire series of Preacher. Excellent. Um, have not got to the, the peripheral you know, our space and, and St. Keller ones yet, but uh, that's on, on the way. That's but why so, I like the uh, the trade format slots them in um, volume. Let me take a look. Uh, kind of throws them in there chronologically. Or? Uh, the fifth trade, I think, is the, uh, the spinoffs. Mm-hmm. So if you're reading along, you get a good chunk of the main narrative down, and then it Drops you into the uh, the back matter. 
Nice. No, it's uh, it's kind of a double-edged sword, and I knew it would be if I went back and read it, and that I'm I'm going to be like super nitpick boy now, or I'm afraid I'm going to be. And uh, uh, it it's Ennis wrote, still wrote him. He just said uh, mm-hmm. Steve Dillon didn't draw them. That's really the only change. So it still falls right in line with everything. No, no, I mean not not the, with the show that we're watching. Oh, okay. um, so now the inevitable comparisons are going to enter my brain, and I'll, I'll try not to let them enter this podcast too much. Um, which it, it should be easy because they're two different. I, you know, I, going back and reading and realized how different a lot of the characterizations are in the TV show. Doesn't make it better or worse, but they're a lot different. So we can talk about a little bit of that now. Well, let's uh, get rolling into our episode seven uh, recap here. Um, not a lot went on, but I still managed to have a five-page recap somehow. Oh, no, eight-page. Okay, well, it's in, <laughs> it's in large type, though, so I can read it. So it's okay. not really that long, hopefully. <laughs> but we open on a church uh, program floating to the floor where Eugene used to be standing, apparently. And uh, when Jesse wished him to hell last episode, if you noticed... Uh, Jesse looks freaked out a bit, but that seems to pass quickly, and we learn that Cassidy was upstairs uh, watching the proceedings go on. Church fills up for Sunday service, and we focus on uh, Sheriff Root uh, sitting next to an empty space, kind of hammering home the uh, Eugene ain't here anymore. Our episode name is He Gone, anyway, so <laughs> there you go, He Gone. <laughs> um, Jesse looks like he's contemplating using the, uh, his powers on the congregation, but it almost looks like he has a second thought about it, and he just says, serve God, but with his normal voice. Um, and we've got, you know, parishioners are spilling out into the yard, and he's got the, the sound system hooked up and everything. Uh, the church empties out, and we zoom in on the church floor, and, and hear, we hear what could be demons almost, you know, but then we cut to Quinn Cannon, listening to his favorite podcast of, of his slaughterhouse. Yeah. And uh, we go into the show titles from there. Uh, we get flashback time, and John Custer is talking to the school principal about three, and I just still find it hilarious that they you know needed to do the whole big 48-point font and crashing principal's office on the screen for us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's talking to the principal about three boys that Jesse and Tulip have apparently put in the hospital, including a bitten-off nipple, uh, which <laughs> Tulip really didn't mean to do. You know, it was right through the shirt. Uh, you know, and there's my Facebook dinging in my ear, so let's get rid of that. All right. Nipples. Yep, nipples. Um, and, you know, the kids are being scolded. They end up taking Tulip home with them because their their mother ain't around or, you know, her uncle is drunk, basically. <laughs> We, uh, Mama's, here, in, Mama's in jail. Yeah, and, and, and Uncle Walt is, is trashed. Uh, we hear young Jesse praying at night. He mentions that his uh, mentions his mother, you know, kind of for the first time, and that he's trying not to be bad. Also, they have taken Tulip in because she has nowhere to go, as I just said. Present day, and we see Tulip running, and she stops two young boys on bikes who have stolen her drunken uncle's uh, pants. I think it was jerks. Yeah. And a couple of townspeople go by and give her kind of the shaming, hairy eyeball. Uh, Cassidy finds Jesse ready to do some uh, church-related stuff, and um, you know, which is piling up because everyone's coming to church now. And he confronts him about what happened with Eugene and expresses his concerns about how he's using Genesis. And Cass is amazed to learn that Jesse is kind of not even flustered about it and doesn't even really acknowledge, you know, the conversation in a way. Tulip enters and Cassidy asks her about uh, you know very awkward scene about uh, plans to go after Carlos and he's making small talk and 
Uh, Tulip is just coldly uninterested, and, and <laughs> Cass is like a poor, you know, in love puppy, and, you know, it's like he tells him, oh, I didn't tell Jesse, and she's like, I didn't tell him about what, you know? <laughs> about you making love to me and she's like ah didn't <laughs> yeah. that, that wasn't making love dude and uh yeah you see his his poor little vampire heart shrank three three sizes that day <laughs> friend zone <laughs> fatality and, and she kind of uh, reams him out for not telling you know accuses him of not telling Jesse that he's a vampire which we all know that he's tried to yep. uh, not, maybe not nine times like he claims uh, but she doesn't really believe him and we also get to confirm that Jesse's favorite movie star is, in fact, the Duke John Wayne. Which I'm, what I, when they dropped that, I was like, "Yes, yeah, I thank know. God." When I come down here to Texas, I was looking for something. I didn't know what. But it seems like you had up my life, and I spent it all either stomping other men or, in some cases, getting stomped. I, I wish they had had the, the stones to to have the Duke be running character as he is actually you never know yeah I mean, uh, <laughs> they drop that line here i'm sure if they just show him from the back like they do in the comics yeah that'd be and brilliant. just do a voice actor they can probably get away with it yeah uh, i'd be down because uh, that's a very you know he's basically a main what? character in the comic books <laughs> so jesse's conscience sort of uh all right lost my place Yep, the Duke. Um, flashback to Tulip and Jesse wrestling, um, as young, you know, kids will do. Uh, young love and getting scolded by John Custer about it. And we get some young Jesse and Tulip bonding, and we finally get the comic famous uh, declaration of their love uh, until the until end, the of, end the of the world, world um, which is you know, just uh, which I have, which I shamelessly stole <laughs> to tell my fiance. Yeah, you go, man. Uh, you know, quite a while ago. <laughs> nothing wrong with recycling the classics, not at all. <laughs> I might lie and say it's from Shakespeare and not Garth Ennis, uh, but, you know. Whatever. Hey, man. <laughs> it's all good. I know your woman's cool enough for, to, to, to dig the uh, romantic comic references, so yeah. that's a good thing. Uh, eventually, a human services car pulls up, and a tulip's taken away, presumably to a foster family or something horrible like that. Uh, we find out she had to go because she's an O'Hare, and uh, they're always going to be trouble. And young Jesse prays again and asks God to kill his dad and send him to hell. Uh. Yeah, don't, uh, I got some things. I got some things to say about this episode when we're done here. Uh, Emily and some parishioners are practicing some bizarre Sodom and Gomorrah themed church play, which I really I want to see. I believe that was Job. No, no, it was Lot it and his Job? wife. No, it was the salt. That's Lot and his wife. That's Sodom and Gomorrah. Was that Lot? Fucking Catholic boy, yeah. Hey, You're going to confession this week. I'm son. Catholic. We focus on the New Testament. <laughs> That's true. I'm thinking of my old evangelical days. We love Sodom and Gomorrah and the uh, yeah, Pentecostal you do love Church. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it was Lot because you know it turn. It, Lot's uh, wife, pillar yeah, son. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah. And, uh, and you know Emily asks Jesse what he thinks, and he kind of gets creepy and says, "Well, I think they should all be more. You know, they should be all frightened. They should more be more terrified. frightened. Yeah." It's like work on that. And it's like otherwise it's good, you know. He's just he's getting very got a very he seems unaware of the weird vibe that he's he's putting out too. <laughs> yeah. uh, our good buddy Odin Quinn Cannon shows up and Jesse's surprised to learn that he's come for the church and the land, as per the wager Jesse made a couple episodes back. Yep. And after an anecdote anecdote about he feels that he failed the the meat company, basically leading into but I'll do a lot better once I have your land. Um 
And apparently, for whatever reason, the word didn't take with Odin, or the god he was, uh, you know, he was convinced to serve was probably himself, or you know, his his meat fetish, which. I hope to God they get to somehow in this. Um, <laughs> Me too. Especially after rereading it recently. Uh, Odin was a lot more fun in the comics, uh, but I, I think they'll get to something like that. Yeah. <laughs> He's listening to the, the Slaughterhouse, so that's that's got to lead somewhere good. Uh, well, he, sh- he assures uh, Jesse refuses and kind of goes back on his word. Um, Odin's like, you didn't really think you could make me become a Christian, do you? And uh, he assures Jesse that uh, he's not happy that he's going back on his word and assures Jesse that it isn't over by referencing something in the Alamo, victory or death. Yep. Uh, foreshadowing. Cassidy is being Cassidy at dinner, ranting about, I love this scene, ranting about Coen Brothers movies and, and <laughs> how much he despises the Big Lebowski, but, uh, you know, Lady Killers is fine. Um Tulip and Emily are there as well, and we learn Tulip has some interesting and dangerous cooking techniques. Um, yeah. <laughs> vanilla hash browns, or yeah, whatever it was. Well, Cassidy said the spuds were good, so <laughs> maybe they were good. Who knows? Yeah, Cassidy was, Cassidy was extra pathetic in the scene, defending, you know, Tulip's bad cooking choices, basically. What the bloody hell happened there? I think... Did you put vanilla extract on the bake sheet? No. Hmm. Is there a flannel... Very. That's that's very shocking, actually. I didn't know that. Did you know that? Oh, I had no idea. Uh, the Sheriff Root shows up suddenly looking for Eugene, noticeably worried. Um, you know, more noticeably worried than he was uh, a few episodes ago when he told Eugene he wished he'd finished the job. Uh, I think he really does care about his son. Uh, he didn't realize it till come up missing. Which is, I, I actually kind of like that change. Yeah, actually. yeah, definitely. It, 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 you know. I, well, let's be honest. I don't think they were ever going to get away with uh, the sheriff root of the comic book. It's always talking about the FBI. Yeah, no. and the Martian N words. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hope not. Which is it's <laughs> you know, and I in the comic it works great. He's such a stereotype, yeah. but I do like the change that they've done with Sheriff Root for the TV show. So yeah, definitely. interested to see where it goes. Well, as we you know spoke about last episode of Eugene's going to have plenty of other reasons for for righteous revenge probably on Jesse if he wants him if we ever see him again Um, yeah Uh, Jesse of course flat out lies to Root says he hasn't seen Eugene but Emily actually kind of stands up and lies and covers for him and says yeah we saw him but we saw him leave too so Emily's in there protecting her her dream man um I think I think it's cute. I, I, I I'm sure it's going to end badly, but I, I like. The oh, it has to. I like the forlorn, you know, the the unrequited love that Emily has for Jesse. Uh, but yeah, can't end well. <laughs> Tulips in the picture cannot end well. Yeah. To get his attention, uh, Jesse hits Ca- uh, Cassidy hits Jesse in the face with a fire extinguisher and confronts him again outside about our face. You've lost control of this thing! And we finally get the TV version of Eugene's origin, which is very different as well. Yeah. Um, very, very different, and uh, this is, it's just kind of took the wind out of my sails, honestly. Um, and essentially it's that uh, Eugene was hung up on what, Tracy Loach? It's Tracy Loach. Stacy Loach, Tracy, Loach. Loach. Some, Tracy yeah, I yeah. 
And, you know, classic uh, high school boy is in love with a girl and unrequited, and but, you know, luckily not so classic story that boy freaks out and tries to murder her and then kill himself, and he botches both of them. And, um, yeah, thus the uh, sad state that Tracy is in and the sad state that he's in, so that's why... I- I can understand the change there. We're so far removed from Kurt Cobain and Nirvana yeah, at this yeah. point. Yeah, oh, definitely, yeah. Um, and it's it's also a way to tie in, you know, the other unrequited, you know, the, the whole love angle, you know, yeah. the bad bad love or bad relationships. Well, I was reading one review that I had to agree with and that it's just like it, it kind of crushes, it kind of makes Eugene... If we've built up any sympathy for him, it's it's kind of gone. Because <laughs> that was Jesse's point. It's like this guy wasn't so innocent. He tried to murder this girl just because she didn't like him. Eugene, it's not that innocent. So he deserves it. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying better men than Eugene Root have been cast down. When before it was easier in the comics to, and before we knew this about him, to be sympathetic and. You know, you and I were speculating that maybe she had killed Tracy's brother in, like, the suicide pact or something. You never know. Jesse could be lying. We, we honestly, I, I think until they definitively show us a flashback, there's any number of things that could happen. But, I mean, it would make sense with what they've done. And the fact that Eugene was looking for true forgiveness and not the, you know, the ordered forgiveness that Jesse gave, ordered a... Uh, Mrs. Loach to and the you know the the brothers to give to him. Yeah. So it definitely is is playing more to that to that angle. So I mean it's it's not a it's not a change that I mind. And it's as you said it still may not be the case because I mean Mrs. Loach was calling him a murderer and Tracy is still alive even though kind of not really but um, yeah. So that's why we thought maybe she he had done her brother or something like that. But. Oh, I was expecting him when Jesse said he's not so innocent. I thought that was going to be the story that came out. Was, yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> but they they did a little swerve. Yeah, yeah, uh, they they're doing a lot of swerves, um, and yeah, I'm not really complaining about them, but they're just they're a little hard to swallow now that I'm got the comic fresh in my brain again. <laughs> it's kind of culture shock. Uh, well, anyway, getting nowhere, Cassidy decides to show Jesse very very viscerally what he is uh, what he really is by stripping to the waist and letting himself burn after tossing Jesse oh, the, it, the, was the he fire extinguisher a, a sinning cursing lying fornicator what about me I'm no innocent either I'm a lazy lying self obsessed drug abusing cheating fornicator with a filthy mouth and no ambition and I think you're God if he really does exist, he's not more than a stoicious muffet who smells his own farts. I wasn't a fan of this episode overall, but that was a great scene. It had some That's, really great moments, ends, but I yeah. was kind of mad about the whole episode as, as a it's, whole. Yeah, it's. I mean, the, the flashback stuff is great, I think, with Kid Jesse, because yeah. it's still leading up to the... You know, the stuff that I want to see with Jesse's extended family. Yeah. Which and um, Cassidy's just callous proclamation of are you going to let me burn too and as he just lets himself start to burn so it's we don't know either <laughs> yeah. mean, we didn't see what happened no we don't immediately find out if he, he's the extinguisher or not um and and i think they've changed enough things that we're not sure yeah maybe cast maybe that's it 
Maybe that's it for show, Cassidy. I refuse to believe that, but no, I, I think this uh, this show's taking enough enough curveballs um, that that could possibly happen. That, that we're not sure what's which is what you should do with a good adaptation. That's what The Walking Dead's done, and uh, maybe let's <laughs> not get back into that. Anyway, he staggers back inside and just starts eating again. The girls ask where Cassidy is, and they kind of sense something might be up. Um, Jesse's being really cruel to Tulip. Yeah. And she just kind of walks out and calls him a dick. And Emily is just kind of confused and stressed out and tries to talk him down. And he acts like a dick to her, too. It's basically Jesse is an asshole episode. Yep. Um, Jesse's not perfect, though. That's mm-hmm. why I like him. No, no, yeah. Uh, and when, obviously, like, Genesis is fucking with his head. I mean, I think that they're hitting us over the head with that a bit, too. Um, trustfully so. Flashback to young Jesse being told to hide by uh, John. We get a scene of him uh, beaten by two intruders who will undoubtedly be Jody and TC, but I'm assuming they haven't cast him yet because we only got feet. Um, And we get to the shooting scene once again, except now we know that Jesse thinks it's his fault because he prayed for his father to die. Um, Changing a lot of backstory there, too. And, And we finally got Jesse mentioning his mother, so I'm hoping they get Christina in there somehow. Oh, I'm well, she's a big part of the book. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. Um, Spoilers. But, I mean, as I said, they've done a lot of different things with his father. His father was, you know, a Vietnam vet. And there was Which great... is going to be harder to do at this point. Yeah, yeah. Which is a shame, because there was some great characters and some great characters. They could still, they could have placed him in, in uh, golf, you know, the golf yeah. theater. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, they got to do, what is it, was it Proud Americans? Was that the storyline? Yeah. Something yeah, they, they'll definitely work that in. That's such a key, not even in terms of narrative, but just in terms of character development yeah. for Jesse when he meets up with his father's uh, vet buddies. Yeah. And that was about, oh, well, we get the shooting, and then uh, we get a scene of Jesse furiously ripping up the floorboards of the church. and searching, Looking for Eugene. <laughs> looking for Eugene in, you know, in the dirt, and he starts yelling, come back. And, and then we cut to a veritable army of Quinn Cannon's men marching towards the church. With Donnie dressed up like a Well, yeah, <laughs> a in rebel full friggin' soldier. Civil War reenactment mode, yeah. So shit's gonna get real next episode, kids, I think. Yeah. Uh... I suspect uh, we'll get some creative uses if they don't have some creative uses of the word next uh, next uh, yeah episode of the show. I, I, I'll maybe, be very maybe disappointed. Don, maybe Donnie's the one who's going to get the order to go fuck himself. He, he might. I think somebody's got to. They just I can't. It's such a great. I, I can't even line. accept that Seth Rogen would let that not happen on his show. <laughs> I really can't even conceive that. So yeah, <laughs> they're sticking to do it somehow. <laughs> yeah, that just it makes my mouth water for the stuff that when we get to all the other stuff, I mean, ugh, the 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 Custer Custer family history and Hair Star and the Grail and I have a feeling and, they're not going to touch on a lot more of Jesse's backstory till next season. I don't know. You you could do almost a whole season with his backstory and then the repercussions of yeah, almost like uh, I hope they don't go quite like this, but almost like the Arrow, you know, flashback to the island thing, um, parallel storyline. Because um, I don't think they're going to, I would heard any rumors, and I read everything about there being a TC and Jody cast yet or anything. So nah, they got plenty of time. Yeah, so 
and grandma. That's that's going to be a that's an important casting right there. They should do the oh, was uh, the guy from Avatar. He'd make a perfect uh, TC. Yeah, you're uh, Stephen Lang. Stephen Lang is just yeah. <laughs> I mean he ooh indeed get Stephen Lang on the phone. That said, man, I really wasn't a huge fan of this episode. It was very kind of mad, and a lot of it's, little moments that just just were felt like filler. And well, you know what it is like watching it without the commercials. It's forty two minutes. Yeah, and it's kind I mean, of dragged. <laughs> yeah, it, even it did kind of drag. I mean, in a lot of these episodes, some you know, there's character beat stuff in it, but it, and it I usually, usually doesn't watch feel it with like commercials. It's, I watched it live on. on streaming TV. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't watch commercials. <laughs> um, but it still seemed like and I don't know if that was just if that if that is just because they didn't know if they were going to get the second season or they knew they were going to get the second season so they wanted to pad stuff out. Um, but it's when they focus on the narrative, I love the character stuff. I do. Yeah. Oh yeah. But ostensibly it's still narrative fiction. Um, we need to get to the to the point of the show, which is Jesse finds out what's going on in heaven and is not happy about it. Yeah. And uh, that needs to... I think the previews had uh, Fiora and LeBanc next, uh, back next week. I did not see the previews. I just, I just, I catch it. I usually watch it Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, I watched the, I'm pretty sure they're back in some capacity next week, so we'll be definitely moving more towards heaven stuff again. Yeah, and they have to give. They got to drop a little bit more for the Santa Killers as well before the second season starts. You would think, yeah. We only got this is three uh, episodes yeah, left. Three. Yep, yep. So, so we got what 120 minutes left. To there's a lot of threads they got to start pulling on, and some that yep. they need to knot up before they uh, stop barreling towards the next season here. Yeah, we, we've kind of touched on this in some previous episodes, but I, I'm feeling it more and more in that I would, I think I would have added, not that I get to make these decisions and there's probably a good reason for that, but I think I would have added this whole season like a little differently. Like we're I, yeah, just I'm certain not, pieces earlier, certain pieces later. Yeah. And then, if it's, uh, I mean, because they're trying to engage the audience and get them coming back week after week, which I can understand why you do it, but you do run the risk when you do that of alienating the audience. I almost got, I hate to say it, I almost got a Firefly vibe out of this episode that it could have been like, because it couldn't have been placed anywhere, but it almost felt like in the context of some other episodes, it's like some of these pieces belong in other episodes and other pieces belong in this one. And it's just like, yeah, it's, it does feel not a, not a sense of desperation, but a sense of we got to dangle out all these plot threads because we need people to keep watching instead of trying to pick one and kind of focus on it. Because there's uh, any one of those plot threads is enough. Uh, you know, the backs, the, the Jesse's backstory, or just the stuff with the angels, or just the stuff with Quinn Cannon. There's enough going on that. <laughs> I think they're going to have to rejigger a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I also think like maybe some of the stuff younger Jesse and Tulip, I would have stuffed a little earlier in the season and got some of that more out of the way quicker. But I guess they had to lead up to the whole. I don't know if I'm a huge fan of the whole angle of Jesse thinks he's responsible for his father dying because he prayed for it. He doesn't. I, really you know what though? It's such kid a Jesse real... maybe, but. It's a real kid thing to say, like, oh, I wish my parents were dead, and yeah. then it happens. I, 
Son of a preacher, that. man, I guess I could buy that from. A regular kid, I don't know if I'd buy that from. Even one that, you know... I don't yeah. know. Um, I... You know, it's a little extra. It's a little extra uh, melodrama gravy to throw in there into it. You know, I don't. I don't mind it. I just want the narrative to start getting more focused at this point. Yeah, that's, I've said that about almost every episode. The episodes where they do focus on the narrative are great. Well, they'll get to breathe a little more next season because they'll have three more episodes at least. Um, it's so. not a show that you can do ten years out of. It has a definitive no. beginning, middle, and end. Well, yeah, and, and uh, AMC has been great about doing, with the possible exception of, of Walking Dead, I guess. Um, they've been pretty good about that. I mean, uh, well, the showrunners they get are, are kind of, like, on board with that. Like, Breaking Bad knew it was only going five you know, five seasons. Four or five. Five, I think. Um, and so they, you know, they knew they had a beginning, middle, and end to their story. And, yeah, you said this one does, too. Although this could be... That's what's weird about this is because they've stuffed a lot of the story in the comics into the first season already, or a lot of the the characters that we meet throughout sixty six episodes, you know, sixty six issues in the comic. Um, yeah. But I mean, it's also loose enough where if they do want to pad it out, there's they can throw in other subplots and stuff, and it's not going to be an issue. But I really don't want them to do that. Even the slightest of story arcs in in the comics would make for enough of, you know, like, a two-part thing, and it's like, that that's done. Just, you know, get it done. Well, for season two, I definitely want to see, like, a, a parallel storyline of the Grail happenings and all that good stuff. And, and that's know. the thing, you know, maybe, the, you know, that'll be the tease, I'm sure, the stuff that'll be in the background every couple episodes. They'll show a guy dressed in all white getting mysterious notes handed to him, and... Mm-hmm. You can build that up, but like, why don't you don't need to blow your load on it either? It's like there's enough going on that you can pick one narrative thread at a time and go with it. Yeah, but I mean that thread went all through you know the entirety of the comics basically, so they can kind of do that at their whim and and have it go as long as they need to. You know, just stretch it out. Um, yeah, there's a lot of potential there. And it's one of those things where they've only mentioned the grit. You know, they've mentioned the Grail once, and they showed Star once. That's one of those things that, if that was going to be in the season as a recurring thing, that's why you do it. But I think a lot of people are going to end up being confused by the time that gets brought back into the storyline. It's, you know, they, it, you know what it is? They want to have their cake and eat it, too. And there's, and I can understand that, but just focus the narrative, <laughs> please. Well, I said, I got to think, you know, we're going to see the same that's still my prediction that we're going to see the saint in the last. Well, he may show up and break up the party next next episode or no. Um, well, I mean that's he's the one who caused Jesse Tulip and Cassie to go on the run in the first place. Yeah. So if they are going to get out of Anvil, that's the way to do it. And you know. It, yeah, since we're looks like we might be going to war next next week, uh, it could happen. With three episodes to do it in, so yeah. expect lots of bullet play very soon. That's all I'm saying. Or just Jesse, or Jesse just gets them all to stand out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it'd be a damn shame if we. Uh, they just haven't built them up. They, 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 I, th- I want Quinn Cannon to survive this season and be a recurring guy. Kind of, uh, I almost feel like they're going to do that. If you have got Jackie Earl Haley on your payroll, why not keep him around for a little bit? Yeah, but there's really only one storyline <laughs> you can tell with Quinn Cannon. Yeah, yeah. 
So it's, they haven't built up enough to to what I want to see yet. <laughs> yeah, it's they need to. And I'd forgotten all about his his Nazi uh, his Nazi assistant there, which I guess we're not going to see either. Yeah, it's they need to season two get a get your story outline straight from the jump and decide what do we need to have introduced, what do we need to finish up on, and you know, kind of laser focus it. Yep, but uh, just kind of not really a placeholder episode, but definitely building up to to more interesting shit. Um, like yeah. I said, I could, I think you could have had a. 25 minute episode this time around and covered the the necessary points I like the thing with Tulip I just didn't uh, it's you know just to remind us that yeah she loves her drunken uncle again I don't really see where that moved things along at all it just kind of felt like filler no it's a character beat for her it's like yeah, yeah she's got a lot of problems but she's not gonna you know let somebody suffer either I've been reading a lot of complaints about them changing her backstory and, and kind of just giving her mother nothing other than being, you know, former employee of the, the brothel and uh, nothing about her father, and her father is pretty huge in the comics. Um, oh, I can't remember. Um, just a lot of, I mean, very important character stuff for her, you know. Um, I, I couldn't get over reading the comics again how much dialogue was in it. I just, I, there were like five episodes, there were like five issues that it was just like fucking Jesse picking up hitchhikers in his truck that I'd forgotten about. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. Just talking to people. Uh, you know, great philosophical discussions and stuff. But uh, Which is probably not the stuff they're going to focus on, which I'm fine. That's the kind of stuff that you cut out of your narrative. You yeah, Focus yeah. on the high points. Yeah. I uh, said, so favorite scene of the the episode this week was, I think, probably Cassidy doing his reveal to Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> yep. some craziness. Um, hopefully put the old bastard out, you know. I hope so. <laughs> find him dug into the freaking ground or something. Yeah. Just feet sticking out. Sucking down cows from the Quincannon plant. Yeah. <laughs> Or maybe he'll accidentally dig into Quincannon's under you know, mysterious underground there, where we'll find the uh, the meat doll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I that, still I'm holding I'm still holding out hope for that giant meat. That could happen. That if, if Jesse didn't put him out, that's what he would have had to do is dig straight down. And, uh, oh, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll wrap it up again this week, uh, Mr. Tyler. All right, sounds good to me. Unless you got anything else, uh, um, no, I'm not giving up on the show. But I just, you know, I I'm going to stick with it because I, I love preacher. But focus, focus, please. I, I'm still uh, trying to wrap my head around Jesse's a really, really different person in this than he is in the comics so far. A uh, little meaner, a little more of a douchebag, um, which he probably should have been more of a douchebag in the comics than he was. But, I mean, he's more... I think it's good, though. They're not... They don't kind of just drop him into... Him and Tulip being madly, you know, until the end of the world in love again. That's obviously got a rocky start. uh, So, I guess they're going to have to work Well, it's going to stay rocky until Tulip knows why what happened happened. Yeah, yeah. You know? And that's... I mean, that this... The stuff coming down the line is, you know, if they play that to half of the degree of 
awesomeness that it is in the the printed page, then I'll be very happy. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, man. We'll talk to you about this stuff next week. Thanks, Hero. You're welcome, Scott. Oh, once again, uh, weeklyheroics at yahoo.com is our email. And don't forget to hit that Amazon link when shopping for all your choo-choo freaks or creature needs, whatever. Yeah. Uh, all right, folks. All right, man. All right. Have a good night, bro. You too, man. Later. Later. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Billy Ray was a preacher's son And when his daddy would visit he'd come along When they gather around and started talking that's when Billy would take me walking Out through the backyard we go walking Then he look into my eyes Lord knows to my surprise The only one who could ever reach me Was the son of a preacher man The only boy who could ever teach me Was the son of a preacher man You see what he was Yes he was Everything is alright You kiss and tell me Everything is alright Can I get away again tonight? The only one who could ever reach me Was the son of a preacher man The only boy who could ever teach me Was the son of a preacher man Yes, he was He was Sweet!